Hello and welcome to episode 61 of the Panenka View podcast. Uh, don't be stunned because we've done four in four days. We are about to do the fifth on the fifth day. We've done Italian football, we've done the Premier League, and we've done the Bundesliga. And it is uh, my pleasure to introduce Harish from FIIOB. Football is in our blood, who's making his debut on the podcast today. to discuss la liga he's a real madrid uh, fan die hard real madrid fan he we've been in the talks since uh, a long time to do an episode and finally i think in this lockdown uh, where we need something football is back our lives are slowly coming back on track post the pandemic and it's good to have you harish um, uh, so uh, two wins in two games for real madrid we are going to start with real madrid and i'm going to put you straight on the spot the match that happened uh, yesterday uh, real madrid versus valencia 3-0 to begin with let's start with uh, the golden boy making his return and scoring with his first touch can you elaborate on that uh, i think that is a very iconic moment for most of the real madrid fans who followed the 16-17 season uh, because this i mean his his left foot as described by ziran is has always been magic and uh, and the fact that he came out after uh, 11 months uh, that is almost 331 days of injury to score with his first touch there's this this is rumor that goes around in the football world that uh, ziran has a has some black magic going on in madrid side it's noticeable if the tactics don't work just set on some black magic and it works i mean that that moment almost had most of us in tears that's the that was the consensus for most of the whatsapp groups i mean for real madrid or you know, most of the facebook groups i mean for real madrid everybody responded the same way everybody was overjoyed uh, it, it it was a it was a it was a beautiful moment and it was a good with the with the volley of the yeah yeah i could see i could see the reactions i could see the posts i could see a lot of Uh, the news that was trending and uh, were justified so because the the man is uh, truly the future of real madrid he is uh, leading he is the leading candidate for that he's been doing so well purely based on his talent 330 days out with an acl tear it's always difficult to recoup rehabilitate and then you know come back and with your first touch with your first touch extend the lead double the lead and secure those three points because Valencia were uh, looking uh, to get an equalizer, but you know again Zidane with his Midas touch, I would say, <laughs> the smile that was on his face when he sent Asensio. Uh, was there uh, was there something like you know there's the Barca's ex-keeper Jasper Sillison, and uh, it's now time to put one past him and secure the three points. <laughs> But uh, uh, Harish, yeah, uh, yeah. Sillison yeah. uh, has never played against Real Madrid before. Uh, despite being at Barca for two years, he's never played against Real Madrid. So it was nice to put some against an ex-Barca goalkeeper as well. <laughs> <laughs> also, um, uh, a guy who's been so underrated throughout his career, I feel, uh, and he's always been there for Real Madrid. Uh, he's the top scorer right now. Um, Karim Benzema scored a brace, and the second yes. was a peach of a goal, was a world-class goal, overtaking the legendary Puskas. Let's talk about that, Harish. Ah, uh, well, I mean, what a moment! Uh, and there was an Asensio assist, if you didn't know. There was an Asensio assist as well. Uh, so it, it was a, it was an absolutely beautiful and again poetic justice because uh, uh, 
uh, I mean, overtaking Puskas's record with a Puskas-like goal, with a goal that could possibly be nominated for Puskas by the end of the year. I mean, it, it was another beautiful moment. It, it probably summed up the second half for me. It was absolutely beautiful. From Casemiro's tackle to Cruz's pass, uh, I mean, you know, to open a play to Asensio. And Asensio's, you know, first time uh, volleyed pass uh, from the outside of his foot and Benzema's finish. My God, that was a beautiful finish. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And to uh, to uh, actually, uh, uh, you know, Valencia. These fixtures against the likes of Valencia, Athletic Bilbao, and Sevilla tend to normally, uh, uh, you know, be a pain in the ass so much. But <laughs> I'm I'm using that because you know uh, we all know uh, how uh, things have gone over the years. But let's uh, get your thoughts ahead. Let's go ahead, uh, Harish and. Let's not make it a one-sided discussion. Let's talk about that offside goal which was scored by Valencia. And uh, firstly, uh, uh, was it offside? Because I am yet to see it uh, on the replay. It was, it was offside because, see, the uh, two strikers were in offside position. There was Maxi Gomez who was in, I mean, um, Maxi Gomez was in an offside position and, and Baran was marking him. So, it was the referee's perception that the ball took the touch off Maxi Gomez to reach Rodrigo. And, uh, you know, upon watching it in slow motion, it looked pretty clear for me. As uh, But you could call me biased, but it did look offside. But I won't... Uh, I mean, I understand the Barca fans when they say, you know, this was an offside. And, because this is what we would do if it, if it happens to someone like Suarez and Messi scores. This is what we would do. We debate that it was offside. And, and that was a very crucial juncture because... Valencia fell apart after that. I mean, they were nil-nil. Uh, uh, I mean, the scores were tied. It was a nil-nil, and Rodrigo hadn't scored since uh, match day 15. So if he had scored, there's a possibility of you know him scoring more because he already struck the crossbar once as well, with, yeah. with another beautiful chance. So that's where you know that's where I would like to direct direct you on that. You know, the first half where uh, the, that goal went in, it was given, and then it was overturned. Uh, I saw a lot of posts saying there goes the title, and then I checked the scores again. It was nil-nil. Uh, also, what happens is uh, let's talk about the momentum of the first and the second half. What changed compared to the first half? How was it in the first? How was it in the second? Probably Zidane's team talk. I mean, uh, he he would have asked them to up their tempo. Uh, the team was unchanged basically, and. You know, uh, we brought more bodies into the box. Uh, Benzema and Hazard started getting into the box more instead of being on the ball. So that's one criticism that uh, you know Zidane has faced because he doesn't employ poachers a lot. Ronaldo is different. He he has to be there, but he doesn't like poachers and he likes people who like to be on the ball. And Benzema and Hazard just keep playing outside the box. And now when they got inside the box, Benzema got an opportunity and he put it away. So that was nice, and that was his 15th goal of the season, and he soon followed it up with his 15th. So that was nice. Definitely. So well, there's a three points there against Valencia, and there were three more points in match day 28, which we have to talk about. Not everything. Three one against Ibar. Firstly, your thoughts on you know the football coming back in Spain. All the other leagues are back. And uh, it's when you're a fan of a club, you know when football comes back to that country, you're more most delighted. What were your what was your thought on uh, football? Real Madrid returning back to action. Uh, initially, I, I I was very scared. You know, there's there's health hazard, and 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 all of the players are basically my heroes. 
so the health hazard oh my god what would happen but then when i saw them in their training kits i was like you know what screw the health hazards they're back <laughs> and this is all we wanted to watch for the last two months we've been bored at home we've had nothing to do screw the crowd i just want to watch these 22 place kick a ball and it happened i mean yeah. i'm enjoying every minute of it as it comes so let's talk about the score line 3-1 against aibar and uh, 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 captain fantastic uh, scoring a goal scoring his 92nd goal there's a trivia behind that harish i would like uh, our viewers and our listeners to uh, hear it from you see it from you what what was that 92 why was that 92nd goal so special uh it equaled the number of goals scored by ronald koeman when he was at barcelona uh, that is the highest Uh, scoring record for a defender in la liga so i mean ramos everybody knows he's the he's the main man he is probably the best poacher we have that says a lot about our team okay uh, yeah and there are two people i want to talk more about before we uh, focus anywhere else and that is a certain welshman making his 250th appearance what exactly is going on with him and the injury uh, record uh, that we've been seeing i i think he's done i think he has to go this summer because we have plenty of options uh, you know instead of him now because we have rodrigo and we have vinicius who can play on the right flank as well and we have asensio back so there's that <laughs> yeah so asensio has more impact than him in the entirety of the 2020 with his first touch <laughs> uh, i think i think bale is done i think he has to be way below the picking order now he he's over His career at Real Madrid is over, and there's Lucas Vazquez as well, who's probably over him mm. in terms of picking order because Zidane prefers a lot of workhorse-like ability. He likes people who track back a lot, and Lucas provides that with you know very unselfish gratitude. The fact that he's in Real Madrid. Also, yeah, so let's, I think. Also, yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, let's talk about James Rodriguez. I saw a lot of posts with him. Uh, sitting on the bench uh, uh, has he, he uh, it's clear he's fallen uh, you know out of uh, the packing order with and he's not in uh, zidane's plans uh, does it look like he, even he is on his way out soon and from real madrid uh, yes so firstly he doesn't fit the system at all uh, he was he was a first choice midfielder for us at the start of the season I don't know. I don't know if you remember uh, this, but he was playing on the right hand side of midfield with Tony Cruz, James Rodriguez, and and you know Casemiro. But uh, we lost to PSG three nil. Now I'm not. I'm not attributing it completely to uh, to James. I can't because he's a fantastic player, no doubt about that. But he he just doesn't fit into Zidane's style of play, and uh, Zidane likes players who switch it up a lot. You know, uh, Isco, for example, he plays. He has. tactical freedom to play wherever he wants but hamish is restricted to that cam role he's he's an extremely talented i love the guy i mean the 2014 15 season was iconic because he had double figures in both goals and assists which was absolutely brilliant for us and uh, he just fell out of favor and it's clear that he needs to move somewhere else napoli would be a really good move for him or you know somewhere like uh, juventus could be a really good move I heard Atletico Madrid uh, were interested, but I hope he doesn't go because, again, as I said, he's still a fantastic player. Yeah. So uh, Harish, uh, great uh, analysis there on the Real Madrid front, but uh, La Liga is back, and it would not look good if we don't talk about uh, Lionel Messi and FC Barcelona, who are on top of the La Liga table. I know now, uh, being a Real Madrid fan, we are going to talk about uh, Barcelona, but let's talk about uh, the. 
the two games and uh, as you uh, let's talk about the previous game where they won 2-0 uh, barcelona winning 2-0 against leganes so uh, that that uh, that uh, messi's impact there dribbling past players winning the penalty um, what do you have to say on that there's there's nothing to say i mean he's probably the best player i've ever watched play football i am a huge ronaldo fan myself but over the years you come to realize how good a player he is how how you know fantastic he is as a footballer this he's virtually unchallenged for me right now because uh, ronaldo I mean, he's old now he's he's 35 he's not the player he was very obviously not and uh, messi just keeps getting better and that's kind of hurtful because the rest of the barcelona squad is falling apart and that 33 year old 32 year old uh, argentine he's just going about his way you know and there's ansu fati as well who's 17 he looks a really tight prospect i'm not supposed to say nice things about my rivals but i don't know you know i like those two players who scored that's all so um, uh, let's talk about the high the top goal scorer i mean messi is at 21 benzema scored a brace yesterday He's five goals behind uh, Lionel Messi. Um, now comes the crucial point. We are obviously going to put up a few scores towards the end of the episode. But now the the main question: nine games to go, and uh, we are talking about the title race. Two points gap. Now before the lockdown, before the leagues halted, uh, Real Madrid lost to Betis. If I am not wrong, two one. I think that's why the two point deficit. but uh, how is the ta- la liga title race shaping up according to you right uh, i would say that it still favors us because we have significantly easier fixtures to go through and uh, we have a very young squad as well we have excellent depth in our in our side and we don't have a lot of ucl fixtures to worry about we don't have the copa del rey to worry about i mean neither to barca but uh, they they have a very uh, barca have a very aged squad this could work to their favor because of the experience that they have but uh, normally speaking uh, since we have fixtures every two days now two or three days now we you need a young you need a you need a younger and uh, a fresh squad and barca have some very tough fixtures coming up as well they have the sevilla game away uh, which is you know today night or like tomorrow morning and uh, they have they have a game against atletico madrid coming up we finish our fixtures against atletico and barcelona so and against athletic club so there's no we don't have uh, the level of fixtures that barca do but again there's that one man making the difference for them every every damn time over the last 11 to 12 seasons it's just definitely it's just and, yeah and so so the reason we are doing this so early is because barca plays sevilla tonight and that is going to be a that is going to be one hell of a fixture uh, but uh, but uh, let's talk about let's talk about a few more things harish let's talk about a few more things let's talk about atletico madrid and let's talk about top 4 the top 4 race that looks how does how is the top 4 shaping up how do what's your prediction towards the uh the first two is either one of real madrid and barcelona we just way to clear up there uh valencia and i mean sevilla and atletico madrid sevilla stirred for me because they just really good as well and they have a very good squad they have really good squad depth and all and uh, atletico they atletico they shine now and then but i really don't i i can't see them finishing above sevilla because sevilla have a very good squad sevilla have a terrific squad is that 
and uh, you know lopetegui he has he has a lot of uh, uh, he, he has a lot of fresh ideas for la liga even though he failed miserably for us he has a lot of fresh ideas and, and uh, it's good to see yeah and it's good to see him uh, back i mean uh, i know managers these days don't get time and they are at a club like real madrid uh, you always have the spotlight on you if you don't do well uh, there is criticism from all over uh, also um, uh, harish uh, let's talk something more let's talk a little about getafe as well who are uh, surprising everyone and in that top four spot previously do you see them finish in the europe uh, european positions europa league at least oh, yeah. they, uh, they might because uh, i mean i i think they will because their competition is what uh, sociedad and villarreal and uh, villarreal again they are very inconsistent side on their day they they are nearly unbeatable to play uh, but hetafe i mean bordalas is I mean, the manager jose bordalas is basically this miracle man who's taken the club from the brink of uh, the relegation to this you know consistently finishing in europe uh, squad and they have huge experience in their squad and they play a very dry a very uh, atletico like style of play i mean i'm not saying atletico is dry i'm just saying that they they don't have the kind of spanish uh, style that you expect from from la liga teams and and that takes everybody by surprise every time so like, you see the games that they play against barcelona and real madrid and they make it very tough for us so that's another team now so there yeah. was atletic bilbao there was real sociedad there's villarreal there's valencia sevilla these five always trouble real madrid and barcelona and atletico but again hetafe has joined the race now and hetafe is a very very hard side to break down no mm. doubt about that uh, but and, and statistically yeah and, and and a piece of trivia statistically genie genie daconam who's basically their their uh, talisman he had better stats than uh, virgil van dijk last season in terms of everything you know clearances interceptions and everything so there's that very hard side to play against mm. well uh, well harish it's been a pleasure uh having you but before we go we have a couple of things more to uh, give away and that is the match day 28 results i mean let's uh, uh, we know already know mallorca barca barca winning 4-0 there aibar and madrid madrid winning 3-1 uh, atletico had a one all draw uh, last yes. time around i mean they they draw a lot i know atletico and atletic bilbao um, and uh, in match day 21 let's say so seeing in match day 29 sorry uh, barca's 2 nil win real madrid 3 nil so the top two are pretty much con- have been consistent so far it, but it's just been two games and uh, we also have uh, uh, so many nine more match days to go the title race is uh, heating up we might have a, a, a barca fan or a two and we might make this uh, podcast more you know some i'm not going into what we are going to do ahead but it's been a great podcast this is the debut edition of the la liga on the panenka view podcast and uh, uh, it's great having you i mean uh, at this uh, on such a short notice firstly so um, any final thoughts on the episode on the la two match days or or anything you would like to share it's the uh, title race is still to very uh, very early to say i'd like to do this very uh, i mean i like podcasts like this because it makes a lot of sense i mean you give a lot of uh, room for discussion you you bring up a lot of topics that are important to i mean to discuss and uh, thank you for the opportunity that's all
So looking forward to more of these episodes, Harish, because since you mentioned that two or three games, um, uh, there are games in uh, two or three days, like the team space. Uh, we are going to do two match days at a time. That's what I am uh, looking at because uh, that's when we can, you know, get some breathing space, like uh, between the fixtures. Um, so keep listening to the Panenka View podcast. Do like and subscribe. Harish is going to join me over the course of the season and beyond. And we still have the Champions League to talk about. Well, all that is uh, a different discussion. As I always do on this episode, here's your host Prasad signing out with Arish, Arish on this episode of the Panenka View podcast.